He wants our lives to get better and better spiritually, mentally, emotionally, financially, in our marriages, single life, and such life. See, we serve a God who desires for us to prosper in all things and be in health, even as our soul prospers. Our physical health is important to God. Our mental health is important to God. Our emotional health is, health is important to God. He wants us to be better. You're now in June to the Heaven Bound broadcast with Pastor Richard D. Dobbs of Overcomers Christian Center in Villarica, Georgia. Now prepare to be empowered and equipped with the rich word of God. To be forward mind and suggest I am progressive. Not stuck in the past, but I'm focused in on my future. It's good to be forward mind because it says my thinking, talking, and decision making are geared toward success. To be forward mind, I have to be intentional on how I spend my time, my money, as well as my resources. Misguided uh, relationships can hinder me going forward. It actually caused me to go backwards. When I focus in on the past, being stagnant and stuck with certain ways of thinking, it can hinder or derail me from moving forward. And as a forward-minded member, we must think about our spiritual as well as natural future individually as well as corporately. We must strive to make decisions to help us to get the best version of ourselves. Because we serve a God who is the best and who wants the best. He is our healer. He is our deliverer. He's our way maker. He is our miracle worker. He's our promise keeper. He's the prince of peace, the everlasting father. He's El Shaddai, more than enough. He's omniscient and omnipresent. He is the best and he wants us to operate in the best. And of course, he's in a class all by himself. He gives us his word, his spirit, and gave, gives us life so that we can have the best. And his love for us says this, I want the best for my people. Remember what John 3, 16 says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. He says, I, I love you enough to give you the best. I love you enough to give you the best. Because I have your best interest in mind. Now let me say this here. Just because he has your best interest in mind don't mean you won't go through stuff. Don't mean you won't deal with life and deal with circumstances and situations. But one thing about it, you know God has your best interest in mind. No matter what you deal with, no matter what you go through, he's got your best interest in mind. Because God wants our best as well. and He deserves our best. And as we continue to move forward in our walk with Christ, it is evident in Scripture that God wants his people to prosper. He, he wants us to prosper. And I don't know about you, uh, if he wants me to prosper, I ain't got no problem with that. I ain't got no problem with that. He desires that we live our best life in him. And I believe that it's, it is God's will for us to prosper. Now, let's go to 3 John chapter 2. 3 John 2. I want to show it to you in scripture because one thing I learned over the years that prosperity was not my idea, it was God's idea. And if it was God's idea, I disagree with God. Notice what he's saying in 3 John 2. 
Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things. Those not some things, but all things. And be in health just as your soul prospers. So we see the first point. He says, Beloved, I pray. Now, pray means I want his will to be done. I want his will to be done. That you may prosper. You may succeed and you may get better in all things. And be in health, whole or well, as your soul prospers. Now, John wrote this particular letter to Gaius. Gaius was an elder that John loved according to 3 John 1. You know, it's in 3 John 1, the verse before it says, The elder to the beloved Gaius, whom I love in truth. He wrote this letter to Gaius, and the fact that he was an elder says that he was mature in the word of God and the ways of God. Remember in 3 John, uh, excuse me, in 3 John 1, it says the elder. He calls him an elder, someone who is mature in the ways of God and in the word of God. He is someone who is, has been taught and likely is a person that applies the word on a consistent basis. He applies what God says on a consistent basis. And I believe this scripture applies to every mature believer that God wants his people to prosper. He wants all of us to prosper. I don't think there's one person in this room that God doesn't want to prosper. He wants our lives to get better and better spiritually, mentally, emotionally, financially, in our marriages, single life, and such life. See, we serve a God who desires for us to prosper in all things and be in health, even as our soul prospers. Our physical health is important to God. Our mental health is important to God. Our emotional health is, health is important to God. He wants us to be better. God desires wholeness and nothing missing and nothing broken. That's why he sends his word when we're dealing with uh, sickness, amen, or fight sickness. He sends his word to heal us. We find this in the book of Psalms 107 and verse 20. So if you don't mind, go with me to the book of Psalms 107 and verse 20. The book of Psalms 107 and verse 20. The Bible reads as follows. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. So notice God sent his word. He directed and extended his word and healed them. He made them whole and delivered them from their destructions. So if you're dealing with something, when it comes to sickness, God has a word to heal you. God has a word to heal you. Now, you got to believe that because I'm telling you, you might think medicine is healing you, but you need to have God's healing plan as a part of your life. You may think, amen, because you have did this, that, and the other, that's going to be the, the key to your success. No, you need to look to the one from the, from the heal which come of our health. Our help coming from the Lord. And he is a healer. There's not one sickness or disease that God can heal. I know man may not have the solution, but God already has the solution in hand. And he'll send it, and it'll, it'll make us whole. And deliver us from the destruction that it will cause. 
See, we have to know when God sends his word to us that it comes with a purpose and it's a benefit to each one of us. I believe the more that we fall in love with God's word to the point that we can't live without it, we'll see a greater level of healing and wholeness in every aspect of our lives. In fact, I believe many times if we will let God do it, he'll heal the sickness and disease even before a symptom shows up. He will heal you even before a symptom shows up. That means that you can, you might have a symptom, but you would never know it because God already healed you. I believe God can do all things except fail. And I believe God can heal your body even before symptoms show up. You can walk into a place and, and be at a certain place or a certain level, and, and I'll, you don't even know what you picked up. But God knows and he can heal it before symptoms show up. And even if a symptom does show up, God still got the power to heal your body. Mm -mm. I believe that we serve a God who is able to do all things itself fail. He prescribes a doses of this word based on whatever we're dealing with in our lives. He knows the correct amount, the type, the frequency for us to take our prescribed doses of the word of God. I don't know about you, but if you ever got a prescription filled before, they'll tell you take this amount of medicine two, three, four times a day at certain times of the day and you should receive healing if you take it. I believe God got a greater dose. If we meditate on his word day and night, we can have healing as soon as God wants it to happen. It can happen just like that. It may take time, but whatever God do, he's able to do all things except fail. He knows how to heal our bodies. He knows how to deliver us. He is a healer. My God. In fact, all, the main healing comes from God. Hallelujah. Now, they, the side effects is you get bigger, better, greater, healed, whole, success, and so forth. Major side effect is this. You got life and you'll have it more abundantly. God is a healer. He is a deliverer. He provides a way of escape and he saves us from all our, every destruction, every pitfall that comes our way. Notice that there now, how many times have we gotten ourselves in situations that was ultimately sent to destroy us mentally, financially, spiritually, and at times physically, but Jesus delivered us? Thoughts of suicide, thoughts of murder, thoughts of hurting somebody, but God calmed you down. He gave you peace that passes all understanding. He gave you joy. He gave you peace. He gave you love, and it helped you along the way. Oh, I don't know about you, but if you ever thought about hurting somebody, but God saved you from yourself, I only got five honest people here. Let me direct, pray for the rest of us, amen. Pray for the rest of us, amen. We have went to the point, we thought about how we're going to hurt them. We thought about how we could get them. We thought about how we could. Only five of us, but to pray for the rest. Pray for us, y'all. Pray for us. He provides a way of escape, either directly or indirectly. We may have times when we've listened to a message and found our way of escape. Remember the first clause of 3 John 2 reads, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health. And the second part this is this, just as your soul prospers, just as your mind, your feelings, and desires prosper. As my soul prospers, I see prosperity in every area of my life. My soul has to do with my mind, my feelings, my emotions, and my desires. 
And if I stay in my feelings at long enough, they won't grow, they won't mature, I won't be who God has called for me to be, and I hinder my prosperity. In other words, my emotions will, will get the best of me. And I'll be honest with you, I'm tired of my emotions getting the best of me. I'm tired of my emotions, man, getting me all upset, mad, losing sleep, losing, amen, can't enjoy a good meal, can't enjoy company, can't do this, that, and the other, because why? My emotions are getting the best of me. But this is a new day. Say, this is a new day. The new day says, amen, I'm going to do what God's told me to do. I'm not going to let these folks get on my nerves any longer. I'm saying, God, you're the greatest one in the world. And if you don't do it, it won't be done. I ain't getting mad no more. I ain't losing sleep. I ain't going to miss this meal because you acting crazy. I'm sorry, that's a little personal right there. Let me get back. Let me get back. Your emotions can get the best of you. Your emotion get the best of you on your job. You get the best of you at work. You get the best of you in your family. You get the best of you, amen, in your church. Your emotions get the best of you. Therefore, you need a God that's bigger than your emotions. Amen. You need a God that's bigger than what you are dealing with. And I know one. His name is Jesus. He is the savior of the world. He is the healer. He's greater than any situation or circumstance that you come up against. When emotions influence me more than the word of God, I may say or do and act in ways that can hinder my own success. My emotions can have me spending on, on unnecessary things to make me feel better. And I don't know about you, but I've been guilty of emotionally spending, emotionally buying things. I felt bad, so I said, if I buy this, I feel better. And after I buy two or three hundred dollars later, I'm still ain't feeling it better. In fact, I'm mad two, two times because I, I spent money I shouldn't spend. I, I spent money on shit on folks. I got, sorry, y'all. Let me get back. Let me get emotional spending. I pray that none of us have emotional spending. I pray you ain't wearing nothing this morning that emotionally you bought. Glory to God. My emotions can have me angry and upset with people who may or may not even know they hurt me. Sometimes we can be hurt, be suffering all by ourselves, mad because won't nobody come see us. We just get in that situation because why? We have they hurt us, but we didn't let anybody know they hurt us. My feelings will have me in relationships that are not good for me, but feel good to me. Dating this person because they. Mm, my emotions can have me saying that I'm tired when it's time for me to come and get recharged in my spirit. I need to make sure my emotions don't run me, but I've got a God that's bigger than my emotions. So I, may, I don't want to stay in my feelings and sabotage my success. I don't want to sabotage, sabotage what God is doing in my life. And forward-minded people understand that they have to keep their feelings and emotions under control. See, a forward-minded, mature believer would strive to keep the word of God on their mind by praying, meditating, and listening to God's written and revealed word because they know that God's word will cause their emotions to straighten up and move forward. Forward-minded people know that we serve a progressive God who desires for us to prosper. And we're not going to let anybody hinder our prosperity. In fact, once you look at somebody that says, I'm not going to let anybody hinder my prosperity. Now, what is prosperity? I'm glad you asked me. Prosperity can be defined as to advance, to make progress, and to bring to a successful conclusion. 
I believe truly if we're going to uh, prosper, we're going to have a successful conclusion based on the word of God. And what a simple definition of prosperity is this. I'm getting better. I'm getting better. I'm getting better. It may not be on your level, but I'm getting better. I'm thinking better. I'm talking better. I'm acting better. It may not be as fast as you want me to, but I am getting better. I'm not doing it for you. I'm doing it because of my relationship with Jesus. I'm doing it because, listen, God, you may leave me. You may walk out the door. You may not even call me or text me. But God will never leave me nor forsake me. So I believe I'm getting better because he's in my life. Now, the opposite of prosperity is this. Struggle, fail, decrease, decla- collapse, refuse. Many of us can relate the times in the life when we have struggled. We struggle with having enough money. And I've struggled with not having enough money in my life. I've struggled with tending to bears, dealing with bears' responsibilities, whether it's at school, at work, at home, and so forth. Sometimes it can seem like your responsibilities can be overwhelming. Overwhelming. I mean, you just, whoo. If, if somebody asks me to do one more thing, I'm sorry, I, I, I might not say that right. But some of y'all know what I'm talking about. If they ask me to do one more thing, the next person that texts me or call me and asks me to do one more thing, I'm going to tell them something. I'm going to tell them. I've been waiting. I got all the words wrapped up together. And I'm going to wait for somebody. I can just release this on. Then the Holy Spirit will just deal with your heart. And somebody call me and ask you to do one more thing. And you go ahead and do that one more thing. Because he's dealing with you. Now, I ain't saying you should do everything. I'm saying you got to be led by the Holy Spirit. Because sometimes people will be asking you to do stuff, and God is saying, no, don't do it. And you got to make sure you follow the guiding and the leading of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes people struggle with, they experience thoughts of failure and felt like they want to give up and give in. They have allowed failures from high school to still affect them 20 years later. They have allowed failures from when they were 20 years ago and they still operated in that same disappointment. And they will not move forward because they still sense like God is, God has not forgiven me or God has not, I can't move on. But let me say this to you. God will forgive you. He has forgiven you and you can move forward you can move forward. Yeah, I know you messed up. Yeah, you got the guy on veto these days when you mess up. When you mess up, somebody ha- happened to have a camera right there. And they recorded you messing up. They recorded you doing wrong. They recorded you saying and doing something you shouldn't have done. But yet God still loves you enough and said, hey, I love you and we can move forward. I like what, I like what it said in Philippians chapter 3 and 14 in that neighborhood. Forgetting those things which are and pressing forward to those things which are ahead. See, we got to learn how to move forward. Forward, move forward. Now, 3 John 2 again. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in hell just as your soul prospers. See, God wants us to succeed in all aspects of our lives. We, we can get better by striving to increase our prayer life 
time meditating on scripture and applying God's word, he desires for us to be well mentally and physically. And one thing we need to understand is that God wants us well mentally as well as physically. It's not just uh, one area, but remember, every area of our life, he wants us well. He wants us to do well and to be well. And I appreciate he wants that for us. We have to know that God desires for us to prosper. Another scripture that comes to mind when it comes to God's prosperity is, can be found in Psalms 35 and verse 27. Let's turn to Psalms 35 and verse 27. Psalms 35 and verse 27. And let me say this. I know some people don't believe in God's prosperity, but I got Bible to back up what I'm telling you this morning. And, and if God, listen, if God wants me to prosper, that's it for me. That's it for me. Psalms 35 and verse 27. Again, reading to you out the New King James Version Bible says this. Let them shout for joy and be glad who favor my righteous cause. And let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. Let them shout for joy and be glad who favor my righteous cause. And let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified. Let the Lord be praised. Now notice this. It's not that you have pleasure, but he has pleasure. He has pleasure. He has uh, completeness. He has, he is delighted, I should say. He, he is delighted in the fact that you prosper. Boy, if God delights in me prospering, who am I to, to take away his delight? Who am I to take away his delight? Who am I to take away the fact that he wants me to be in a, in a situation where I'm complete? That I have peace that passes all understanding. That I bring my life and bring situations and bring circumstances to a successful conclusion. What's a successful conclusion? What lines up with the word of God? What lines up with scripture? That is a successful con con uh, conclusion. When it lines up with the word of God. Prosperity comes because of Jesus loves me enough to have me and love. See, let me, let me back up a second. He loves me enough to say this. I die for you back at the cross of Calvary. I love you enough that everything you did wrong in the past and the present and what you may do wrong in the future, I die for you. I die for you. So when Jesus shed his blood and we have our opportunity to receive salvation, the salvation is God's deliverance, his protection, and his prosperity. And so when God has that going on and he says, you can receive me as your Lord and Savior and I'm going to make your life better. So when he's making your life better, he's doing it because of the work he did back at Calvary. Watch this. When God says, I'm happy because you are getting your life together, it only started when we give our life to Jesus. It only starts when we release and say, God, I submit my will and my way to you. Listen, I know I messed up in the past. I know I did wrong. But God, I believe you got a better future for me. I believe you got a, a better life for me, God. Remember what he said in John 10, 10? I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. 
Why? Because he did it in, he did it at the cross at Calvary. And God says this, I got pleasure in your prosperity. Why I got pleasure? Because of what Jesus did in my life. I'm not basing on me being right. Oh God, please no. I'm not basing on me being right. I'm basing on him being right. I'm basing on Jesus being right. I'm basing on the fact that he is the righteousness of God. I'm based on the fact that he died without sin. I'm based on the fact that he died. Amen. He didn't miss the mark. He didn't do wrong. He did it right. And when I receive him, I receive him. You're not seeing me. You're seeing Jesus in me. Yeah. yeah. And you might have to be your proof I did mess up. And you might have my DNA I did mess up. But Jesus loves me regardless of my past. Therefore, he got a better future for me. How many thank God for a better future? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a good reason to clap. Yeah, let's clap for him because we got a better future. And then this text, he says, they, people, excuse me, they are seeking ways to praise him and exalt his name. Believers who are progressive understand God delights in the prosperity of his servant. See, progressive people know that as long as we continue to serve our God, that we will be successful. He has a plan to prosper us. And let me say this, when God got a plan to prosper you, his plan will not fail. His plan will not fail because he plans so good, he puts your failure in the plan and still calls it to work for your good. Mm-hmm. Thank God he put my failure in the plan and he still, still going to work for my good. Oh, thank you all for doing that. Thank you for doing that, God. Because I don't do everything right. You don't do everything right, but God does everything right. He has a plan to prosper us. And it's up to us to know his plan and to follow his plan. God created us to prosper. Let's go back. Let's go to Jeremiah 29 and verse 11. Jeremiah 29 and verse 11. The Bible reads as follows. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Notice what God says. I know the thoughts. I know the plans. And I know the purposes that I think towards you. Individually, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace, prosperity, and tranquility. And not of evil. Hurtful or wicked things. I don't think hurtful and wicked things towards you, says the Lord. But I want to give you. I want to deliver you a future. A hopeful expectation. And something that you can desire and want to be a part of. That's why a plan is so important in our lives. See, a plan is a detailed proposal for doing or achieving something. Words such as strategic, ideal, organized, arranged are synonymous to the word plan. And a person with a plan is typically pretty organized, orderly, and have a method of doing things with a desired outcome in mind. And I appreciate that. You think about this architect, architect plan. Architect has the the plan that will make your building stand and be everything you desire. But you know one thing I thought about because I have some friends that I work out with that are architects. I have one architect that I work. He's a structural engineer, and what and sometimes 
he will be on site. And what he will actually do is he will watch what they're doing because when, when you own plans are good on paper, and every now and then when you start to actually put those plans into action, you have to make adjustments. And you need a structural engineer on site in order to make the proper adjustments. I have another friend who is a, uh, he's, I put you like this, uh, water systems and buildings. He puts together water systems and buildings. And so what he does, he draws plans, and that's why you get your plumbing, that's why you get uh, water fountains, that's why you get water coming from sinks and so forth. He draws all those plans. But every now and then, the contractor says, hey, these plans need adjusting because we found some flaws in the plan. Nothing, nothing that they did on purpose, but every, most architect plans need to be adjusted because they look good on paper, but when you start putting them in practical use, you have to make adjustments. Everybody understand that part? Let me say, God has planned from the beginning, and he has not had to make any adjustments. Good God Almighty. He has not had to make any adjustments. In fact, he planned before the foundation of the world. He planned, he planned, and he put that plan together, and he has not made any adjustments. And that's a plan right there. Now, I planned some stuff in my life, and my plans got messed up because of rain, ran out of money, and, and so forth. But God has planned from the beginning, and he has not had to make any adjustments. And that's the plan we want to be a part of. For God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. If God gives you a plan, I guarantee you it's going to work. It's going to work. It's going to work. I, he ain't got to make any adjustment. For God is a strategic job. St strategic God. He is a master planner. He has a master plan uh, designed to achieve an overall aim. And one aim is this. He wants us to have life and have it more abundantly. He wants us to be saved. He wants us to be delivered. He wants us to be protected. And he wants us to prosper. He has the master plan for our lives. In fact, we find this over in the book of Psalms 33 and verse 11. The Bible says this, Psalms 33 and verse 11. The counsel of the Lord stands forever. The plans of his heart to all generations. Notice the counsel or the advice of the Lord stands forever. When God has given us his word, it stands forever. In fact, it stood in the book of Genesis. It stood at the beginning of time. In fact, it's going to stand, amen, into the Old Testament, the New Testament. It's standing today, and it'll stand forevermore. God's plan has not changed. He has put it down in the book. He wrote it down, and he's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. If God wants you to prosper then, he wants you to prosper now. If God wants to deliver you then, he wants to deliver you now. If God wants to hear your body then, he wants to hear you now. If God wants to make your life better, he'll do it. Because he wants to make you better. He wants to make me better. He wants to make us better. And I appreciate that about God. I appreciate that about God. Let me look at one more. Now sometimes, sometimes man has plans. Proverbs 19.21 tells us about man's Proverbs 19, 21. There are many plans in a man's heart. Whew. I don't know about you, but I plan some stuff in my life too. I plan vacation. I plan retirement. I plan, I had thoughts and ideas on how things were going to go. 
I have planned certain events in my life. And I plan stuff. I plan stuff here at the church. I've had many plans. Sometimes they work out. Sometimes they don't. I have plans. Let me say this to you. Nevertheless, the Lord's counsel will. Excuse me. The Lord's counsel that will stand. Whatever, look, the counsel, his vice, and his purpose is going to stand. It's going to be fulfilled. It's going to be established. Whatever God plans for your life, it's going to stand. It's going to come to pass. If God wants you to be happy, it's going to stand. It's going to be happy. And knowing that, God got the power to cause it to come to pass. See, I had thoughts, had plans, had ideas, had stuff, but you know what? I didn't have all the necessary resources that I needed in order for it to come to pass. But God never runs out of resources. He has more than enough for it to come to pass. Therefore, God has a plan for his people to prosper. He got a plan for his people to prosper. And what am I saying? He has a plan for all of us to get our life and he shows it to us in Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8. Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8. Now let's go to our main scripture for this morning. Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8. I want to read it to you and talk to you a little bit about it. Notice what it says in Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. I don't know. I like good success. Now you can have success, but God says I give you good success. And what's, the, what's the formula? What's the plan for our good success? What's the plan for us to prosper? What is God's plan? Because remember, it, when he established it, it don't change. He doesn't have to change it. And let me say this to you. His plan works. God's plan work. My plan may or may not work. I may plan a picnic outside, but it may rain. I mean, it may pull down. But God, he ain't got to worry about the rain. Are y'all following? Because God's plan works. Somebody say God's plan works. First one we look at here, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. So this book of the law, the directions, the instruction, and the teachings that come from the word of God, they should not depart or be removed from your mouth, or from my mouth, or from my mouth. In other words, we need to speak what thus saith the Lord. We got to speak his word out. The Bible tells us this, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. So we see here in Proverbs, that, that that's Proverbs in chapter 18, but we need to understand that we need to keep his word in our mouth. I don't need anybody else's word, I need God's word in my mouth. Yeah, I don't need your negative thoughts. I don't need your pessimism or your optimism. I need his word in my mouth. I need his word because his word brings life. His word, amen, is going to help me. It's going to shape me. It's going to shape the way I think, the way I talk, and the way I conduct my life. And he says this, you shall meditate in it day and night. How long? Day and night. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I thought about this example here. Some people are looking for somebody who meditates day and night, but only putting in an hour or two in meditation. I thought about this example here. I remember seeing this commercial. I don't know if some of you probably can remember it. This person had a goal to lose weight at the gym. And so he went to the gym, stepped on that scale, and I don't even know what it said. 
whatever it says. So what he did was, he finna go exercise, right? He, ran, he, he walked about this long. He went this far. Walked around. He ran, I think. He came back and stepped on the scale. You think anything changed? <laughs> Some people put that much effort in and expect the effort of somebody who's been in the gym for years. Somebody who's been praying for years. Somebody who's been meditating on his word for years. Somebody who has been, listen, they have sacrificed. They have said, listen, I'm going to meditate on his word. Even though I got other thoughts coming in my head, I'm going to meditate on what God said. No, so he said, meditate day and night. Day and night. That means you meditate on his word all the time. And when you find yourself thinking about something else, oh God, I repent. Because that's not helping me. Worry is not helping me. Frustration is not helping me. Being angry at somebody is not helping me. Being jealous, being jealous is not helping me. Listen, me going to get vengeance on you is not helping me. I need to meditate on what God says. And I need to meditate day and night. Well, I'm not getting healed. Keep meditating. I'm not getting delivered. Keep meditating. I do, you just haven't meditated long enough. I was thinking about, I just went back to the gym recently, and I was thinking, man, I want to ask, I want to, I want to put my game back. I know, I know y'all can't believe I go to the gym, not with a figure like this, but I do go to the gym, believe it or not. The thing is, I had to up my game up a little bit because I want different results than what I had before. So when you go and you meditate day and night, if you're not seeing the results fast enough, keep on meditating. Because his word would not return back to him void, but it would accomplish everything he said it out to do. You just got to keep on going at it. I don't see the results. Keep on going. I don't see nothing changing. Keep on going. Because sometimes you're going to do stuff and you're not going to see any change. But don't mean God's word is not working. Don't mean God's word is not changing somebody or changing some situation. Doesn't mean his word because his word can't come back to him, boy. It's, he's going to accomplish everything he's sending out to do. We got to keep on meditating. Third point is you must observe to do. According to all that is written in it, I've got to observe. I've got to keep. I've got to guard it. i got to guard what? The word I've been meditating on. Day and night. I've been meditating day and night. Now I've got to keep it. I've got to guard it. And then I've got to execute and perform the word that I am thinking about. If God is telling me to pray, I've got to keep on praying. I've got to keep on praying. If he tells me to give, I've got to keep on giving. If he tells me to love, I've got to keep on loving. If he tells me I've got to witness and tell others about Jesus, I've got to keep on doing it. Well, Pastor, I, I, I invite it. I, I talk to people, but it doesn't seem like it's working. I've got to keep on doing it. Notice it said, meditate day and night. You're looking for results after five minutes when you got to go 24-7. It takes maturity to, to do that because people these days want microwave results. Mm, I got two amens right there, but come on. I know, I like microwave food too, don't get me wrong. But you know what? My mom used to mess me up boy. she used to cook some of the pies back in the day. Grandma was my grandma cooking the pies, and she didn't use them. She don't think she knew what the microwave was. Boy. She'd take that thing, mix some things up, homemade, stick it in the oven. It, it seemed like three or four days later, it finally came back out of the stove. <laughs> but that was some good eating back then. But it took time. And I act nothing wrong with the microwave. But you got to understand, when you want the results God is looking for, you got to meditate day and 
that tell you something, don't I believe Gaius was like this when he wrote Third, term, third John 2, because he was an elder. He had to meditate day and night. Paul was like that. You got to meditate day and night. Isaiah was like that. You got to meditate day and night. Listen, Peter had to learn that he meditate day and night. We have to learn that. We got to meditate day and night if we want the results that we want to have. You can't look, ask for results if you're not doing according to the word. For, for then you will make your way prosperous. Notice this. You're going to make your way prosperous. You're going to bring success. You're going to be prosperous. Prosperous means this. You're going to see and advance in doing the word of God. And God's word is going to succeed. It's going to succeed. It's going to come to pass. It is going to happen when you do it like he says, do it. And that's the thing. I've got to be, I've got to meditate day and night and accept the results that God gives me in his word. I'm not looking for my results. I'm looking for his results. I'm not looking for, for listen, I remember um, James and John came, oh, excuse me, uh, it was one, some of his disciples came to Jesus and he, they wanted to call fire down from heaven on people. But say, you're in the wrong spirit, son. And what Jesus taught them was you got to do it the way I want it done. And when you're looking for godly results, you got to do it the way God wants it done. And then the fifth part of this is this. And then you will have good success. Everybody say good success. And that's what I want for God's people. You want good success. But we got to follow his plan. Good success says this. Says this I want prosperity. I want prosperity. Well, Pastor Dobbs, I don't see prosperity yet. Keep meditating. Keep meditating. Meditate when? Day and night. Day and night. I need to take some time off. Meditate day and night. One thing we don't need to take time off from, from is the word of God. Yeah, can you watch TV? Of course you can. You can do other stuff? Yes, but we got to meditate on his word day and night. And then we do it, and then we'll make our way prosperous, and then we will have good success. And then we have scriptures like Isaiah 55 and 11 coming to pass in our life. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void. It won't be without a thing. But it's going to accomplish, it's going to produce, it's going to perform what I please. And it shall prosper in the thing for which I send it. What God going to send? That word you meditate on day and night. That, that word you meditate on day and night. Hey, you can't be one of five many Christians say, I'm expecting uh, the results of somebody who's been in the word day and night, but I only spent five minutes a day on it. I've got to be in a position where I meditate on his word day and night. I got to train and discipline my speech, my thought life, and my actions to meditate on his word day and night. And I can't expect to rebel and have the results that I'm looking for here in this text. We see in Isaiah 30 and verse 1, woe to the rebellious children, says the Lord, who take counsel, but not of me, who devise plans, but not of my spirit. They may add sin to sin. Boy, that's bad. You add sin to sin. My God. Stubborn, rebellious, 
rebel is surely they don't want to do it God's way. Don't want to take his advice. Don't want to do what he asked for them to do. And let me say this to you. God's plan works. God's plan works. You are a result of God's plan working in your life right now. God has delivered you. He is healing your mind mentally and physically. He's protecting you and he's prospering us. It is an example of God's word working in our lives. And salvation is God's plan that he had from the beginning. Acts chapter 4 verse 12. Nor is there salvation in, in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Salvation, again, is God's deliverance, protection, and prosperity. But we get saved in the name of Jesus. We definitely get saved in the name of Jesus. And then, if we get saved, we can act on, we can, excuse me, we can act on Acts 2 and 38. See, not only does God have a plan for to save us, but he got a plan for us to be baptized as well. Then Peter said to them in Acts 2 and 38, repent. And let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. See, notice when before somebody was baptized, they had to repent. They had to ask God to forgive them. Change their mind and let every one of you be baptized, immersed in the name of Jesus for the remission or the removal of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This was God's plan. We follow his plan. His plan works, and we will, we will see the results of his plan operating in our lives. We pray that you have been blessed and inspired by today's message. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your prayer requests and testimonies to our website at occvr.org. That's occvr.org. We would like to invite you to partner with us as we share the gospel all around the world. Just go to our website at occvr.org. Click on the Give button to give online. Or you can utilize text to give Text GIVE to the number 770-692-2225. That's 770-692-2225. Join us on our YouTube channel, subscribe to our podcast, and connect with us on social media. We also invite you to join us in a live service. We're located at 3097 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia. Visit our website for more details at occvr.org. Until next time, remember, without a vision, the people perish. See you next time for more Heaven Bound with Pastor Richard D. Dobbs of Overcomers Christian Center in Villarica, Georgia.